0: Ross Tucker football podcast it is a wisdom Wednesday presented of course by DraftKings I'm Ross Tucker former NFL offensive lineman very fired up to get some wisdom today from my buddy Booger McFarland you see him all over ESPN Saturday college football Sunday night countdown with Chris Berman primetime which is amazing And, of course, Monday Night Football, he is the man. We'll get to Booger momentarily. Look, first of all, we're only one day away from Thanksgiving, which is wild. But we're two days away from me announcing more winners. Another spread-the-word winner. Just quote tweet at Ross Tucker Pod. Say something about the show. It's that easy. Quote tweet at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Take advantage of any of the sponsors. There's a lot of them, and they're good. And they give you codes for huge discounts, or go to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Click on uh, the thumbs up button to subscribe and go ahead and make a comment. That's all you need to do. It's big show time. The big show. All right. So those of you that have been listening to the show for years, you know, Booger and I are boys used to do radio together. Big, big fan of his. Won a couple Super Bowl rings with the Bucks as well as the Colts. Was an awesome, awesome, actually underrated football player. Uh, at times, got overshadowed by Warren Sapp. Guess what? Warren Sapp was in the position where you got to just go up the field all the time. Booger was not. The, Booger had to play the nose. It's a lot different. Anyway, those are things that people like Booger and I know and can appreciate. He's all over television now, including Monday Night. He was in Mexico City, and it's funny watching your book on Mexico in the Mexico City game. I, I just had a lot of questions. One is come, one of the comments you made, but also just being in Mexico City. I've done a couple of the U.K. games. I really want to go to Germany, really want to go to Mexico City. I'm just curious, what, what was the environment like down there?
1: Thanks for having me, Ross. Yeah, man, it, it was unreal. You know, it's amazing how those fans come out for that game. Uh, And having San Francisco and Arizona there was outstanding. It it was just a great environment. And I think the NFL is trying to grow the game, obviously. They've done the London thing for a long time. They added Germany to the list. Because of COVID, we hadn't gone to Mexico in a couple years. Now to get Mexico back, it was absolutely outstanding. And also, Ross, you would love this. After the game, I was able to find a nice establishment and get some authentic Mexican food. And here's what I mean by authentic. No one in the restaurant spoke English. So, therefore, we had to piece together our Spanish and Mexican uh, language to try to order food, and the food was just as you would expect outstanding.
0: I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, Speaking of outstanding, Booger, the Niners obviously looked really good. However, I I think it's interesting. Ever since that game and during that game, every single tweet was, Look out! here come the Niners, watch out, it's Niners time. And I just thought, wait a minute, like, first of all, the Cardinals aren't very good and they're not playing very well and they're kind of laying down here at the end of the game. But also, didn't the Cowboys just murder the Vikings in Minnesota uh, on, on Sunday? So I guess my question is, since you saw them up close, are the Niners
1: really that good? I think the Niners are really, really good, Ross. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I was talking to a couple of defensive coordinators from around the league, and the one team that really scares them is the 49ers. And it's not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's because of the, the entire sum of their pieces. When you add Christian McCaffrey, who is a jack of all trades, to go with IU, to go with Debo Samuels, and it's all being kind of ran behind Trent Williams, the best left tackle I think we've seen, Uh, since I don't know when. I'll leave that to you to answer that. And now Kyle Shanahan has so many weapons. And oh, by the way, Ross, I haven't gotten to a defense that at any moment could be the best in football. Right now, I think it's top five easily, but it could be the best in football. So I think the combination of all of that, when you put it together, uh, when they play their best, and obviously we're talking about these teams for what they are when they play their best, because we've all seen them lay an egg. Like, Like we saw Dallas just a couple of weeks ago blow a 14-point lead in Green Bay. So I think we're all looking at these teams. If they play their best, who are they? I think the 49ers are tough to deal with because of the team aspect. I think the Cowboys are tough to deal with when they got uh, Zeke and Pollard going and that that defense gets a 10-point lead and that pass rush can get to going. You look at Philadelphia when they play their best. And so I think we look at all these teams. Who are they when they play their best? And I think the 49ers are right up there with the elite in the NFC when they play their best. So,
0: you talked about something um, on Monday Night Countdown that I thought was really interesting on a lot of different levels. And it had to do with Zach Wilson. And I know it got um, a decent amount of attention. And Steve Young and and you were talking about it. And it has to do with Zach Wilson. But in particular, um, you brought up his background, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Let me start with this. What exactly did you say and what did you mean? And then we'll go from there.
1: Well, Ross, uh, what I said was his background, and and, just to sum it up and that way everyone can understand it, uh, Zach Wilson grew up well off with a silver spoon in his mouth. And he's part of this younger generation who I, I think really doesn't know how to accept accountability and it, it reeks of it when he steps to the podium. Like, everyone looked at the word no. He said no instead of accepting accountability. I don't just look at the no. I try to go deeper. Why did he say no? Did he say no because he thought he played bad, uh, Played well? Like, Zach seems like a smart kid. I don't think he said no because he thought he played really well. I think he said no just because of, he's one of those kids, in, in my eyes, that grew up with the silver spoon. He seems entitled. He's like, nothing is my fault. Even when I mess up, it's still not my fault. And uh, that bothers me, man, because that's that younger generation, you know? And I'm not trying to sound like the old man on the lawn. I'm 40, I'll be 45 years old uh, in about a month. Zach Wilson's, what, 22, 23. So he, I've, I've doubled his age. And so this younger generation, and I've seen it before, has a hard time just dealing with and, and learning some of the core values that I've learned, that you've learned, which is really simple. Hey, when you screw up, say it, um, you know, and, and to me that reeks not of just who he is now, but how he was raised and where he came from.
0: Yeah. So I've got so many questions as a result of that. Cause I think that this is a really interesting topic. Question one would be, how do you know about Zach Wilson's background? Like, how do you know how he grew up or that he grew up with a silver spoon?
1: Just doing a little research, Ross. I, I covered the NFL draft. Uh, I've been covering the draft for, for ESPN for a, a few years. And when you cover the draft and you got to do some research and find out about these kids, where where they come from. Uh, now, obviously, I wasn't with the guy when he was raised four or five years old. But, Ross, you do a little research and you understand how the guy grew up. And and, and you you get a good idea, just like you do of any prospect, when you do some research and understand where the guys come from. a little bit about their background. Now, do you have intimate details as far as the day-to-day? Obviously not. But it doesn't take a lot of research, research to surmise on any prospect a little bit about their background.
0: Do you think, in general, that it is appropriate to talk about guys' backgrounds growing up, maybe socioeconomic factors, when discussing them as professional football players?
1: Uh, I think only if it factors into what we're discussing. And here's what I mean by that. We were talking about uh, Zach Wilson, not necessarily about his play. Everyone talked about the press conference. And so my job as an analyst, Ross, is to try to understand the how and the why. Okay? Like, my job is not to tell you, hey, he played bad. Well, how and why did he play bad? Okay? So he stepped to the press conference, and he he had had one simple answer. It was the no heard around the world. It was No. Uh, do you think you let your defense down? No. Well, how and why did he say that? So my job is to try to figure that out. That's what I That's what I do. As an analyst, I'm trying to understand the how and the why. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's an appropriate time when the situation calls for it. Now, if he throws a slant route into the dirt, obviously that's not the time. If he overthrows a go route down the field and uh, Garrett Wilson looks at him like, hey, dude, what's up? That's not the time. But there is a time, in my opinion, when you are answering a question at a podium where the, the how and the why, uh, for me, I need to know why you said no. Why did you blatantly lie? When we all know you played bad, Ross, like I, I mean, you tell me if, if you're any different. He played bad. He's been a bad to average quarterback all year. So my job is to figure out the how and the why. Why did you say no at that moment in the podium when the easy answer was yes? So I've got a
0: couple different thoughts on that. Um, Number one is what I always look at in situations like that is what if someone referenced the opposite, right? Like what if, um, what if someone, um, you know, got in trouble and I said, well, you know, he didn't grow up with anything, um, came from a, a single, single mom family, and was never really taught right from wrong or was never really taught about responsibility because he came up with nothing. Like, I I guess I just, in my mind, like, I would never say that because I don't know that. Right now, I know, like, I think, like, Colin Coward or somebody has said stuff like that before about guys. But in my mind, I don't know enough about someone's upbringing because, you know, you, you you mentioned maybe he, he grew up, um, you know, well off. What if it's the exact opposite? What if it's a guy that grew up with nothing and maybe he had, was a broken home and maybe as a result he's not disciplined or doesn't take accountability or responsibility? I guess I would feel really uneasy pinning
1: it on that um, in that situation. Does that make sense? It makes really good sense, Ross. And not everybody is comfortable saying certain things. That's why we—that's why we have so many analysts in football because you get different opinions. But Ross, let me ask you this question because you and I have had a lot of conversations, and people that have listened to us know that you and I are really, really tight, and we shared a bunch. Do you not feel that someone's upbringing shapes who they are, which shapes their personality and shapes their character? Do you not believe that?
0: Absolutely. However. I don't feel like I know enough about any of these guys' upbringings to actually comment on. Like, even if they said to me, you know, he he grew up in a broken home or was went from house to house, I don't know. Maybe, maybe his grandmother, whoever raised him, did an awesome job. And maybe if he's acting out or getting in trouble off the field, maybe it has nothing to do with his upbringing. Maybe his grandmother was amazing and – He's just making poor decisions. Maybe his grandmother taught him right from wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I guess where I struggle with it, and I'm not being critical of you, the reason why I wanted to have you on is, A, because I saw you last week in Philadelphia. B, you're the man. And also, I just think you and I can have these conversations. And I yep. think it is a fair conversation to have about that. Because I guess I look at it like this. So I grew up in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania. It's a small town outside of Reading. But also, like, it's probably like if you're a doctor or a lawyer in Reading, Pennsylvania, now or west of Philly, you probably live in my missing, right? So, yeah. I know a lot of kids that, you know, had money growing up. And I guess what I would say is maybe a bunch of them were, like, spoiled rotten and, <laughs> you know, sort of like what you're talking about. Right. But, uh, but a bunch of them, Booger you know, their parents were on them, man. You know what I mean? Like their parents made it very clear. The only reason why we have this house is because I got really good grades in high school, really good grades in college, went to med school or whatever, lost, I'm just making it up, right? Like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. And as a result, a lot of the kids that I know, like buddies of mine ended up playing college football or whatever, they very much, take responsibility and accountability, right? Like I like one of my best friends, dad was a very successful lawyer. He was an awesome wrestler. So were his brothers. Then they all played college football. And like they would be the first people to take accountability and responsibility for anything because that's how they were raised, even yeah. though they had nice cars and a big house on the corner on the fancy street. You know what I mean? So I guess... I struggle with attaching a behavior to uh, a socioeconomic background because in my experience, it can really vary, really vary.
1: Well, Ross, I I, I, I do respect that. And, and I think you make a good point um, of it, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's, it's something that's probably not easy to do as far as just pinpointing. But again, that's my opinion. That's what I look at. Uh, you know, when the kid stepped to the podium and he played terrible uh, and it's not the first time a Bill Belichick defense has made a kid look bad. I get that. But when you look at the totality of what he's done and this team being a Super Bowl caliber type defense, because they're really good. I'm trying to figure out how and why, because the kid's smart. The kid went to BYU. The kid is smart. He got drafted with two overall. So like I'm not the kid's not dumb. He's not dumb at all whatsoever. So why? So Ross, if you're telling me, and, and again, you and I can have this conversation. Why did he say no then, Ross? He knows. Yeah, he, he, so I he, talked about he, this he, a lot. Like I, he knows I, he played bad. Well, you know what I think it is. Um, I think he's
0: insecure. I, I I don't think it's like a uh, silver spoon thing. I think he's got. I think he's insecure. I think he lacks confidence because in my in my experience, I feel like most people that are really confident. Admit when they mess up and take accountability and responsibility. I think he is so insecure, Booger, with mm-hmm. his standing as the Jets quarterback and with the way he's playing that I think he was so defensive at that press conference that he he was not looking to kind of feed the flames of Zach Wilson sucks, Zach Wilson's bad, right? Like he was there to like defend himself. And no matter what was said, he was going to say, no, he didn't, you know, in his mind, if he said, yeah, I do feel like I let the defense down. Then everybody's like, Wilson admits he let the defense down. You know what I mean? Like, I I just think that's how I looked at it. Um, but, um, a couple different more questions on that, actually. Forget the background stuff. That was um, a question I was curious about. Forget all that. What about, if you were a guy on Jets defense, what are you thinking right now um, about how Zach Wilson answered that question?
1: Well, uh, I have a problem with it, Ross, uh, and I have intimate experience in this situation. I've been on a dominant defense with the Bucks, with a quarterback on offense that wasn't playing well. And people often ask how we were able to coexist. And we used to call it buck ball. I'll give you a prime example. The first game of my career, Ross, um, at home in Tampa, we played the New York Giants. The defense gives up four first downs, 108 yards total offense. Now, you're probably thinking we win 38 nothing, right? We lost 17-13, Ross. Trent Dilfer had a, a fumble return for a touchdown. He threw a pick six. He had another uh, turnover in, in our end of the field that kicked the field goal. So we lose 17-13. And we gave up four first downs, Ross. And, you know, we knew that Trent struggled. We knew that the offense struggled. But everything about that team, the offense took responsibility. They showed up to work early. They were out doing walkthroughs. Trent was a guy who was very diligent in his preparation. Like there was no sense of, hey, we suck and we know it and we're just not going to do anything about it. So I'm okay as long as you're busting your ass, man, and giving your best, sometimes we don't play well, okay? On this team, when the quarterback says no and takes no accountability, i got a problem with that, dude, because you're a grown man now in this league. Even though you're a young grown man, you're a grown man. Take some responsibility. Do your job. This is a grown man's league, all right? 52 other guys are doing their job, showing up to work, and we're trying our best, and you're the quarterback who is holding us back. So I would have a problem with that, Ross, because he is the problem. And when the problem doesn't acknowledge that they're the problem and continues to look as if I'm I'm not the issue, then I got a problem with that. And not only in your actions, but your words. And sometimes your words are more powerful than your actions. So, yeah, if I'm Quentin Williams, who deserves to be in the MVP conversation, not at the top, but he deserves to be in there because that's how good he's been, I got a problem with that. If I'm C.J. Mosley, I got a problem with that, man, because we're playing too good a football for the 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 quarterback to walk around as if he's not the issue, and also not just to walk around, but to say it, Ross, because he said no. So yeah, I got an issue.
0: So last question: um, We'll probably find out later today. But what would you do if you were Robert Sal at the quarterback position for the Jets this week? He'd start.
2: Zach um, Wilson would
1: start. Yes, and and and, and here's why. Okay. And, and this is going to sound kind of GM-ish, Ross, but they drafted him number two overall, all right? Um, as bad as he's played, they still have to see this through because the job of the job that Robert Sala has right now in Joe Douglas is this. We're trying to win games, and our defense is ready to win, but we're also trying to develop a young quarterback. You cannot put one to the side for the other, it's kind of like, Russell. you have two kids. And, and, and I know you have two beautiful girls. So like, I got two kids. You can't stop raising one just because the other one's struggling, right? If one is struggling in a certain area, you have to continue to nurture both of them. So he has to nurture the quarterback, and he's got to continue to nurture the team. And you say, man, that's tough. Well, Guess what? That's why he's making five, six million bucks, whatever the number is. So, yeah, I'd start Zach Wilson. Uh, now, there, there are things that I would do behind the scenes. Like, he would have to get in front of the team close the door, and we need to have a conversation with us. And I think, Ross, that can change a lot of things. But he's got to fall on the sword. And I don't know if he's done that. That's between the head coach and the team. But ultimately, as a defender, as a team, hell, even as an offensive lineman, Ross, would you have been okay with the, with him saying that? Like, would you have been okay knowing that the quarterback didn't play bad, but he said that no? Hell, with the defensive guy, as, an off, as a starting offensive lineman, how would you have felt?
0: No, I wouldn't have liked it. I mean, nobody would have liked it. He he, he said the wrong thing. It was stupid. It's like, I don't know if he didn't have media training or he just didn't, I don't know. I I think he's insecure, which by the way, I think he's insecure and lacking confidence, which is actually a much bigger issue than what he said. You You can't, really hard to have success in the NFL if you're insecure and lacking confidence. Booger, you're neither of those things. Check him out on social at ESPN Booger, You are the man. Thanks so much, buddy. Really appreciate the conversation. Also really appreciate First Leaf. Have you guys heard of First Leaf? With First Leaf, you rate each wine you receive with a simple thumbs up or a thumbs down. Then their experts send you personalized selections with new and exciting bottles in every box. They have like 96% accuracy. As your tastes evolve, so will the wines you receive. I know a lot of people that are into wines and trying different wines. My wife loved when we got our first shipment from First Leaf. If you're not completely satisfied with a bottle, they'll just credit you for another. That's wine made simple. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tucker. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash Tucker to get your first six bottles for thirty nine ninety five plus free shipping. tryfirstleaf.com slash Tucker. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
2: All right, Ross, let's start with the Panthers starting Sam Darnold, quarterback.
0: Well, so this is the first take of the day for a reason, and this is presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Share Labatt with friends this football season If you're starting your third quarterback in a season by choice, your season's not going very well. I mean, if this is, if you are purposefully starting a third different quarterback, probably not a real good sign. I don't know what they're going to learn from Sam Darnold that they don't already know. I feel like Sam Darnold has already had his chances. I'd personally rather see P.J. Walker for the rest of the year whenever P.J.'s healthy and ready to go. I feel like the team's kind of rallied around him. But I don't know. If you're Steve Wilks, you certainly can't go back to Baker Mayfield. You gave him a shot. That was horrific in Baltimore. And so, Steve Wilks, this is the last uh, bullet in his gun, to use an expression, And he's going to use it. He's going to see what Sam Darnold can do. Maybe Sam Darnold gives him a spark for the rest of the year. Maybe Sam Darnold plays some of the best football in his career. I highly doubt it, but it's possible.
2: Lions wide receiver James Williams and commanders defensive end Chase Young are both designated for return this week.
0: By the way, speaking of uh, Labatt Blue Light, your boy's kind of having a meet and greet tonight, Jack. Around like 6.30 Central at the Hop Sting Brewery. I think it's in Grapevine, Texas. I'll be there. Big Duke Manny Weather uh, from O-Line Masterminds will be there. So if you're in the DFW area and you want to meet your boy, you got your shot. I'll be there. 6.30. Have some beers and some uh, daddy sodas, some food. It'll be awesome. Yeah, it's it's exciting when you see some good players like this being designated for a return. I, I don't know that Jamison Williams will play on Thanksgiving, but it's kind of interesting to think about the Lions offense with Jamison Williams in it. I mean, they've already been pretty frisky this year, and then you add Jamison Williams, that's kind of exciting. And then the D-line for the Commanders has been really good. And they and add Chase Young to it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know which ones, which ones friskier there, but that's pretty awesome, actually. Tuck
2: stakes. Falcons put Kyle Pitts on IR, season-ending MCL knee injury.
0: Brutal. What a terrible, terrible season for Kyle. Um, I feel bad for him. Never really got the ball. Now he has to have the MCL injuries bad enough that he has to have surgery. I've torn my MCL a couple of times. Didn't have to have surgery either time. That means maybe he pulled a little bit of chip off the bone. Not great. Tuck
2: takes. Broncos cut Melvin Gordon, even though Chase Edmonds is out a while. I I remain totally flabbergasted
0: by the decisions that the Broncos have made this year at running back like they benched Melvin Gordon right when Javante Williams got hurt now they cut Melvin Gordon right when Chase Edmonds gets hurt I don't understand their logic even a little bit
2: tux takes running back Daryl Henderson has been released by the Rams.
0: I think the Rams are just trying to shake things up. And maybe Daryl is going to be a free agent. And maybe they're trying to send a message. But if he's going to be a free agent. I don't know. Maybe somebody signs him for something decent. You get a seventh-round comp pick? He must have really did something wrong or, or turned off the wrong person because that's strange.
2: Tuck takes. The Browns signed Greg Mance after putting starting offensive center Ethan Pocic on a, a, um, injured reserve.
0: Poachich was actually playing pretty well. Remember, they they let JC Treader go in the offseason. And then Nick Harris, the presumptive starting center, got hurt. So Pochich kind of came out of nowhere and was playing pretty pretty solidly for them. He's playing fine. He was not he was not the issue. The issue, Jack, if we're being real is these high prices and endless contracts on TV. It's why Sling is the most valuable option when it comes to finding your favorite channels with the best deal for sports, news, entertainment. They have the best live TV content all in one place at the lowest price. Watch every touchdown live every Sunday afternoon with NFL Red Zone on Sling. For a limited time, you can get Sling Blue and add on Sports Extra with NFL Red Zone for half off your first month. Regulars 46, now only 23. So you get the best deal on Red Zone, so you can catch all the touchdowns at the lowest price with Sling TV. Visit sling.com slash DraftKings to sign up today.
2: Tux takes the NFLPA files a collusion claim against the NFL regarding owners and quarterback guaranteed salaries. This is interesting,
0: and this is something we got to talk with Andrew Brandt about soon. And certainly, make sure you're subscribing and listening to the business of sports podcast. But I thought that was really interesting. I don't know, unless they have text messages or emails where the owners are saying to each other. We can't, we can't give out more guaranteed contracts, it'll ruin the sport or it'll kill us, then I don't know how they're going to win. I think perhaps they're really just trying to send a message to the owners of, hey, we're watching you, we're on to you. I'm quite sure that the owners are trying not to do that. But just the fact that Kirk Cousins got one, even though it's three years, and Deshaun Watson got one, kind of hard, it makes it hard for a collusion claim. Are they trying not to give out full contracts? Absolutely. I don't know that that means it's collusion.
2: Ducks takes. The Cardinals fire offensive line coach Sean Kugler after an incident in Mexico City on Saturday night. That is interesting.
0: He didn't even coach Monday night. I guess I don't really know. Like, was it like an off-the-field incident? Like, he got in trouble with, like, alcohol or something? Or was it, like, an incident with the coach or a player you know, inside the football realm. I, I don't really know. Not not a lot of information there. However, shout outs are in order for Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com. Two things I'd like. I'd like if you live in the DFW area, if you came to Hopsting tonight, it'd be great to see you. Number one. Number two... I really would like to see some of you get a my front page story story, framed beautiful for a loved one for the holidays rather than buying something stupid on Black Friday that they won't really use. That's my philosophy. Get something that will really last a long time and will really enable them to see just how much you care about them. MyFrontPageStory.com. Even Money's Up, College Draft is Up, Fantasy Feast Part 1, a little bit later this morning. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.